Welcome back to In the Works by Career Services at the University of Calgary, airing on CJSW. My name is David Catterford, and I am here with my amazing co-host, Lawrence Chan. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to our show this month. Uh, we have a pretty special show today, hey? Yeah, it's a little unusual because we're not talking to like a career veteran, somebody that's established. We're actually talking to, to a... a, a a student that's in med school right now. Yeah, and as you and I both know, med school is a pretty popular choice for a lot of students that are in, you know, sciences or health sciences, nursing, kines. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's. I hopefully I think our episode today will be quite informative and help a lot of students out in seeing how they can best prepare for uh, getting into med school, but also just hearing a little bit about. Kind of what it takes, you know, when you're in med school, what are some of the main strategies or, or qualities that you need to have to really try to persevere? Absolutely, yeah. And our, our guest, Hasnan, is, um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting interview. Yeah, and we know Hasnan, Hasnan quite well from uh, his time volunteering with us, right? And he's been one of our, like, gold star volunteers over the last couple of years, um, so we're really happy that he can join us today and share a little bit about his experience. So without further ado, let's introduce Hasnan more formally. And so as we mentioned, Hasnan was a former UFC student um, who studied plant biology, but now he's in his third year of medical school at the University of Alberta. We talked with him over the summer, but now he is currently in his clinical phase uh, and really, it's just looking forward to get some context from all the learning that he's done in the past couple of years. During his time in his undergrad, he was involved in a lot of different activities and definitely has kind of seen some up and downs. But through it all, he really t- explains how those have been valuable and kind of been unexpected in how it's come up again and how it's been useful now that he's in med school. So now let's hear a little bit more from him. And interviewing him is David. What are some of the challenges that you've been dealing with? Right. Well, I mean, um, in terms of medical school, there are quite a few. (laughs) There are many challenges, I'd say. Um, I think one of the main challenges is just it's about throughput. It's just no matter, um, you know, how much support you have in medical school, it'll never change the fact that there's a lot of uh, that there's a lot expected of you. Um, the amount of knowledge that you have to learn and um, the complexity of that knowledge and the comparatively small amount of time that you have to learn all of that knowledge and be able to apply it um, is just tough. Um, It's tough. So I, for example, I personally in first year did not do very well academically. I was struggling a lot. I failed a few components of the year. I did get through it, but I really had to sit down and realize that the studies that I use or the studying techniques that I used in undergrad, while they got me through undergrad, they just won't cut it in medical school. So I really had to upgrade that. I spent a lot of time at the end of first year watching YouTube videos about learning theory and evidence-based learning techniques. Um, and now I think I've come up with a decent um, method of learning and, and how I um, how I learn quickly, most importantly. But yeah, I think it's just, there's just a lot of expected of you and you just have to learn a lot really quickly. And I'd say because of that, Um, And I'd say also, and this is related to my next point, um, like the expectations that are on us, 
uh, and then also being in kind of like a closely knit cohort where you're surrounded by a bunch of other like super smart people that, uh, you know, you'll always assume that are doing better than you in every way. Um, I think it just, it makes it really easy to look down on yourself and have and experience a lot of imposter syndrome. And I will say that medical school is, it's a very easy place to feel like you're not enough um, and a very difficult place to feel like you're doing great. Interesting. So one thing that I know about you is you're unique and you have some unique skills and talents. What are some unique skills and talents that you're bringing to, um, to you as a student in med school? Oh, well, I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, first off, thank you for saying that. Um, I'd say in terms of comparing myself to comparing myself to other um, medical students and medical school applicants, I think one of the things that perhaps stands out for me um, is that I have a passion for learning languages. Um, languages is something that I really enjoy. It makes me, I could go on and on and on, trust me, on, on why I like learning languages. But the long story short is that it's a lot of fun for me. It's a way for me to experience new things and it never gets old. Um, so fluently, I can only speak English, French, and Urdu, which is my native language. And then at an intermediate level, I can do Spanish, Swahili, and Mandarin. And then at a super beginner level, um, I can do German, excuse me, um, Plains Cree um, and Arabic, the last of which I just started recently. You know, that's a, a fantastic specialty skill that you'll bring into your future role as a doctor. And you know what, they're probably going to be paging you and saying, ah, man, we need you down here. Um, that's neat. Thank you. I hope I get paid to translate for patients. I've had a chance to do it a little bit. Um, I've had a chance to do just like a little bit um, in some early clinical experiences, but it's a lot of fun. And I think it, it shows patients that there's someone familiar that understands some part of their life or some part of their worldview there. And even if patients speak English, sometimes they just prefer to speak in their native language just because it makes them feel more comfortable about communicating their, their needs and their worries to their care provider. Um, granted, there definitely are, there are professional translators and I don't want to take over their job, but when, uh, when the occasion arises, it's a lot of fun and it feels really special to get to use that skill in a clinical environment. That's awesome. I, I really like to hear about what people are passionate about. Now, what's one specific skill or value that you would need to be successful in med school? I'd say for me, if I had to pick one and maybe choose an answer that isn't basic, I'd probably go with being able to fail in a healthy way or having some type of productive relationship with failure. And what that means isn't just saying like, oh, if I fail, then like, that's fine. And then you just move on. Um, you know, if, if when you fail at something, that's an opportunity to learn something new and to sit down and evaluate, right? Um, but I think just recognizing that failure is something that happens over and over and over and over again on this career path. And no one, no one gets through medical school and residency and career as a staff, um, you know, physician or surgeon without failing. And that's something I had to learn the hard way. Like in first year, I failed over and over again. Even, you know, right now I'm failing at certain things and trying to do better. Um, I think importantly, before coming to med school, someone should learn, um, how to, how to deal with failure in a healthy way, meaning like you sit down afterwards and you figure out what you can do better and you don't let it hold you down for ages and, um, you know, and affect your mental health, but you have a way to sit down and be like, okay, look, clearly something has gone wrong. What can I do to improve that? And what can I do to learn from this experience? I think so that's really important because it's just, it's part of the journey. You know, you'll fail exams, you'll fail assessments, you'll come 
completely mess up encounters with patients. You'll, you know, perhaps, you know, you'll be in the operating room and you'll mess up the sterile field and someone will yell at you. It's just, it's failures over and over and over. And I think being able to roll with the punches and, you know, have a thick skin, but also be able to evaluate why and how you failed and then try and improve for the next time is really important. That's a fantastic tip. And you've given us some great tips all the way through. So final question though, what would you like give some career wisdom that we can share on this radio show? Like what are some career tips? Absolutely. And, and I'm glad you asked that. Um, okay. So, so these are tips for all students and I'm going to start by recapping something that I said before it is important like plus, plus, plus important to go out and experience extracurriculars right? That are unrelated to your field and your career goals. Trust me, like the things that helped my medical school application the most, like for example, volunteering at career services had nothing to do with medicine. It's important to go and learn how people think and how they solve problems in other fields. And it's also important to get skills that help you build and create things, right? So if you're like a science, arts, engineering, et cetera, major, go out and learn some business skills. If you're a business major, go out there and learn about a specific problem that you want to solve or learn some technical skills, like learn how to code, for example, right? Learn how to do, um, you know, data analytics or learn, you know, some physics or learn some history. I promise it'll come in handy. I'd say also like... Okay, at, at the UFC, I don't know if this is every university, but at the UFC, it's like a really common concept that like when you have like your elective slots, you just fill them with like a bird course that's like super easy. And then you go on with it. I'm not going to name which ones because I don't want to offend anyone, but you know, there are specific kind of super easy elective courses that science majors take and that arts majors take and that business majors take. And I really think that it's that's honestly a waste of time unless you're part unless you're seriously interested in that. I'd say do some research and I'd say if you can do a minor. Right. I really feel like doing a minor in some field that's perhaps, you know, in some way different, but still complementary to your own field has a lot of value in it. Right. I recently met someone, um, excuse me, who's doing a who's doing a philosophy degree with a math minor. And he didn't think they'd be related. But I was so excited for him because high levels of philosophy in high levels of philosophy, you have to take logic classes that function a lot like math. And I'm confident he'll he'll create something really cool with that combo. For me, I did a French minor just because I did French immersion in high school. And I didn't want to lose it. I'm glad I did because my French would be a lot worse now if I didn't do that minor. If there's a unique skill that you want to learn, like, hey, I want to learn um, how to code, then go to a comp sci minor. If you want to learn how to speak Russian, go to a Russian minor. Like, I really do think that just spreading out your elective courses randomly kind of all over the place in just these easy courses just to get the mark, like, is it really worth it? Or can you use that time that's been built into your schedule that you have to put something in to learn something new that could be complementary to you or your career goals, right? So I'd highly, personally, I'm a huge fan of doing a minor. Okay, oh. and I really like... The word you use, complementary, because I think majors and minors, they, they complement each other. And I think, yeah, I, I knew once knew an electrical engineer, he got a minor in religious studies. Like, how cool is that? Um, and, and I think, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to, to get outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Absolutely. Um, thanks so much. Any final comments or thoughts? Um. I'd say if I could add one more tip, I've recently had a lot of conversations with people when they ask what types of extracurriculars should I do? And I think it's a broad question because there's different types of students, but one rule of thumb that I always suggest to people is to look, if you're young and you're in undergrad and you wanna accomplish big things, always have three extracurriculars on the go, 
right? One is related to, to what at the time is your best knowledge of your career direction. And that changes all the time, right? But whatever you think your career direction is, one thing related to that. Then one thing that's just for the sake of giving back. So just related to some problem and you want to help solve the problem. And ideally better if it's unrelated to your career path. And then one extracurricular that's just like a long-term learning opportunity. So you're just learning some type of skills semi-independently or independently long-term. And then that, you know, learning how to teach yourself is an important skill, but it's also the type of thing that always comes up in interviews, whether it's for jobs or um or, or medical school or whatever. And that is like a good rule of thumb. And I promise if you stick to that and you kind of reflect on your experiences and what you like and adjust, like you won't go wrong. All right, so we're just gonna take a short break from Hazanite's interview because we have it split up in two parts. But for now, let's kind of just recap quickly uh, what some of the some of the main points that Hazanite has brought up. And I really particularly thought that him suggesting for students to do a minor uh, would I think that's something that really stood out to me um, because I, my own perspective or maybe my own experience was that I always kind of just went for the easy sort of uh, electives. Um, I mean, what about yourself, David? Like, what about the, the days when you were in, in university? What was your approach to choosing some of your options? Well, I it was interesting because when I went to university, I, I actually wanted to take English and history, and I kind of shifted more towards uh, political science and Canadian studies. And the reason that was is because I enjoyed those courses more at university than I did in high school. So I just kind of transitioned into that area. So I never really, I have actually a, a double major in Canadian studies and politics. So actually I never um, thought about taking a minor, but my view is on um, taking a minor is do it if you can, right? Why not? Yeah. Um that's my view on minors, and then we'll we'll make it work for you. We'll make it look good on your resume, and uh, I, I I don't know. I think do it if you can. Yeah, I think maybe minors have maybe minors are a little bit underrated. I feel like because you and I have both looked through a lot of resumes. How often do you see a minor written on someone's resume? Not as often. Well, it depends if this student is students should do minors if they can and, and put it on your resume. I, I, I don't know. To me, a major is um, like a specialty and then a minor is like interesting. Oh, they're doing a minor in that. That's interesting. So it, it gives you, it makes your degree unique and, and it gives you something to talk about. Yeah, it gives you a little bit of a wider range, I think. Yeah. Um, I guess it's only maybe in, in recent years or maybe a few years removed from university that I kind of see it from that perspective because when I was in the middle of my degree, I honestly just chose the easy courses. Um, you know, courses that you research online and people said, were, oh, take it. It's an easy A sort of a thing. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I remember taking a few that were like, you know, Greek and Roman studies or like religious studies, uh, even like geophysics and stuff like that. I think there were a few that were relatively easy. I mean, there's still a decent amount of work. Um, but yeah, I did well in those. But I did take a few that were sort of interesting as well, like astronomy. Um, but hold on, time out. Greek and Roman studies is like interesting. Wow. Like yeah. What could be more 
interesting. I don't, I don't yeah. know. If you like a little bit of history and specifically kind of that mythology type of thing, um, then those are a good couple of courses there. I also recall in my very first year, I took German. Wow. That was a really, really difficult course. And so I didn't end up continuing with that. Like I know Hazan also brought up like learning languages and his love for languages. So, but unfortunately I, I couldn't go on with it. Like I just found it way, way too difficult. Did you take any language courses? Uh, no, I avoided the language courses um, because I just knew I would not be successful in them. But hey, Lawrence, good for you for, for trying German, trying it out. Like, I mean, that's what we promote students to do is try stuff out and see if you like it. Yeah, exactly. Trying it out. And so with minors, um, I mean, this information is probably out there, but I, thought, I just thought it'd be good to pull up. If you're interested in getting a minor, you'd have to complete at least 10 courses in one particular subject area. And then you can officially declare for it. And then, you know, it'll be on your diploma and such. And uh, yeah, I think it's just kind of a good bit of a bonus, uh, like you said. Uh, I think now it's it's more of a like a, a chance to to just kind of broaden your horizons a little bit. You know, yeah. if your degree is in like psych, well, sure, you can minor in something that's related to it, like social work or sociology. But at the same time, I think you could do something totally different, like economics or something like that. I think that would be a pretty interesting combo. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I think the, well, I don't want to say the more crazy the combination, because, <laughs> uh, but the more crazy the combination, the better, right? I, I, I think it's really interesting when, when, when uh, an engineer takes like a, a arts class or mm-hmm. when, when an arts major takes, you know, business class or a uh, uh, science takes an arts class, like mix it up, diversity, multidisciplinary learning, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay, so now let's go back to Hasnan's interview and let's hear part two then. Now, let's let's go back because when you were younger, like what was your career plan? Oh, man, I'm not sure that I had much of a career plan when I was younger. Um, I think in high school, I was um, honestly clueless. I think in high school, the only thing uh, that I was concerned with was just playing video games. Like I used to be super addicted to a video game called World of Warcraft, and I loved it. I, you know, I've been seven years sober from that game, and I still crave it to this day. But anyways, um, you know, going into undergrad, I pretty much only went into biology purely for the reason that I was like, well... I wasn't awful at bio in high school. So I'm like, okay, why not? And then when I got there, everyone else in my degree and kind of all first year science majors were for lack of more eloquent terminology, like frothing at the mouth about medical school. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll consider this an option. I got interested in other things. The reason I specialized my degree into, into a plant bio degree is I thought I wanted to work in agriculture and, you know, work on solutions to food insecurity. The thing is working in an agricultural biotech lab Um, It was a lot of fun, but I realized I am not very good at research, like especially bench science. It is brutally difficult and I did not cut it. Um, So like many science majors that have the realization that they're really bad at research, then I got interested in management consulting because I literally just Googled up um, degrees that can use the scientific method that aren't research and came across that. So in the third year of my degree, 
I started getting more interested in building some business skills. I did a few mock case comps and that was really cool. In the end, I did end up applying to um, some consulting jobs and it didn't quite work out. Um, I did, of course, apply to medical school as well because I kept that on my differential. I'm just like, okay, maybe this could be an option uh, despite not really having a big connection to the field. Um, the agricultural biotech thing kind of fizzled out just because I couldn't see myself doing a PhD. I thought I wouldn't make it. Um, and then briefly, I also had a bit of a stint with an interest in architecture because I thought it would be really cool to have done a plant bio degree and then do an architectural degree as like a graduate degree and then move to somewhere like Singapore and then make like skyscrapers that are also like urban forests that are like carbon sinks and produce food. I just I really love the aesthetic of tall buildings with plants growing out of them, which is why I love visiting Vancouver. And yeah, that was a bit of a that was a bit of a daydream that I never got to act on just by virtue of not having a lot of time in fourth year. And I never properly got to actually apply to architecture school, but it's something that is still in the back of my head to this day. Okay, now let's let's talk about your, your journey a little bit, but let's talk about your journey during your undergrad. Like what are some things you did to utilize your university experience? Right, so that's a good question. Um, I'd say, honestly, one of the most, like, I'd say the probably most important thing about how I spent my time in university that I think gave me a lot of career capital and helped me get to where I am now is just being okay with looking for opportunities that don't seem like an obvious good fit for me, right? Because the vast, like the vast majority of first year science majors that are interested in med school, among other things, or only interested in med school, which is a little concerning, but, um, they tend to do things like, you know, find like a research lab, do some type of biomedical project, volunteer at the hospital, and just kind of things only related to health or things only related to biology. I feel quite confident in that some of the, the most rewarding things that I did in undergrad were completely unrelated. One example is, I mean, I'm sure you remember, I mean, I volunteered at career services at the UC for three years, and that was an amazing experience. Like, I think importantly, um, it taught me how to review and edit resumes. And that's a skill that I've continued to use, like intensely all the time since. Like, I think I lost count around like 230 or 240 resumes, because to this day, I still do it for my friends, and even do it for some of my colleagues. And then right now, I'm actually also helping um, our undergrad program kind of revamp some of our own career development tools for, um, for our medical students. And I think that, for example, career services was a bit of a start to my, what I like to call kind of like a self-directed human resources education. Because now I do volunteer at a nonprofit where I do a lot of human resources work. And I've realized that it's this weird niche skill that I actually enjoy quite a bit. And I've kind of added other aspects to it in terms of learning how to do recruiting and hiring and learning how to do talent management and promote professional development and career development in my peers. And so that really the genesis of all of that was at career services. And, and you know, I didn't know a lot of science majors, you know, chomp hit the bit to, um, to work at career services or volunteer there. Um, I think also um, branching out and learning some business skills was huge. Like I definitely, don't get me wrong, I'm not an expert. Like if you were to put like, um, if you were to measure my brain waves and then like make me look at a budget or financial model, you'll see it'll flatline. You'll see like zero activity, trust me. But I think just being conversant with the concept of marketing and the concept of management, I think is really, really important. I tell anyone out there who's not in a business degree to go learn some basic business concepts. So when you get ideas, you can build structures and systems around them. And conversely, I'd also tell all business majors, like go out and learn at least some technical skill or go out and, and learn about at least some type of problem that you want to contribute to solving. 
Yeah, that's an interesting point that you bring, because even me, I'm an arts major myself. But after I graduated, I was like, you know, I need a business. Uh, I need a business diploma. So I went to Mount Royal and got a business certificate. And that in combination with the arts degree was incredible. So I think, yeah, what you did is step out of your comfort zone a little bit and, and proceed forward, right? Um, the next question, we might switch a little bit because the next question is, what is the bonus about working in your industry? But let's change it. And what's, what's cool about medical school? Like, why should a student think about going into medical school? That's an interesting question. <laughs> it's a bit of a loaded question just because, you know, usually I do find myself, you know, advising friends on, on medical school and there are, and honestly, there are like incorrect reasons for going into medicine. Um, and there are, they honestly might not be um, what you think, like, what do you call it? Like most people say like, oh, don't do it for the money. I mean, I do think that medicine is a career that's compensated quite well. And I think it's valid for that to be part of someone's consideration. I mean, especially if you have a family to support, absolutely. I'd say first off, an incorrect reason for going into medicine is if it's the only career path that you've ever considered in your life. Right. Like if I'm if I'm interviewing um, an applicant and they say that literally medicine is the only thing that they've wanted to do and, and it's the only career path that they're that they've ever explored and all of their volunteering and all of their research and all of their work is related to healthcare and medicine, I'm concerned because this person hasn't really gone out and tried other things or not. Right. So I'd say, first off, someone should apply to medicine if they've tried multiple things and they figured out what they like and they don't like. And then they've decided to make an informed decision about applying to medical school because they feel that the things that they like, they can get it from medical school and the things that they don't like, they won't have to um, encounter it. Right. So I think that's the first thing. And then I think in terms of what's cool about the degree. Um, oh, man, where do I even start? I could go on forever. Um, I'd say in terms of something that maybe you can't read up um, from like an admissions website, it's just the concept of the role that, you know, as a medical student, but more importantly, as a doctor that you get to play in someone's life, like you're the person that's there for them that they rely on in their time of greatest need. Like when people get sick, like seriously sick, they don't care about anything else right? Like when your health or perhaps when your life is on the line, nothing else matters. And to be with them there in that time of vulnerability and extreme need is it's a huge honor. And it's just, it's, it feels insane to think that they, that they rely on you in that way. And I think also just the trust that comes with the profession is something that honestly boggles my mind. Like even just as a medical student being in first year when I was in clinic, the way that just after introducing myself, people would instantly just trust me and want to listen to what I have to say and give me their full attention. And it's something that I'm not sure happens in any other field. And it's something that I hope and pray that myself and my classmates, um, you know, never misuse ever. Um, but it's just, it's crazy and it's, and it's humbling. And it really reminds you, you know, that you need to be striving to be the best possible care provider that you can be all the time. And then the incredible place that you get to have um, in people's lives and um, the part of their journey that you get to be on um, is just, you can't get it anywhere else. I can't tell you whether it, that's like a positive thing or a negative thing, but I think what I've attempted to describe in probably not the most concise way is something that I'm not sure that you can get in other fields. To listen to this interview again, go to ucalgary.ca slash careers. 
All right. Haznan is fantastic, and he's everything a student should be. Don't you think, Lawrence? Yeah, that was a lot of great, great information that he provided us. And hopefully, yeah, some students will find it uh, useful. Well, I, I think Haznan is, is, is wise beyond his years. And, and I think he had a lot of really good information on how to utilize, how to maximize your time at university. Yeah, definitely. That was one of the main messages uh, that we hope a lot of students took away. Um, but as far as just how career services can support students who are thinking of applying to med school, um, I mean, of course, there are a lot of options out there, whether it's, you know, in Canada or even other uh, med schools uh, in other parts of the world. But for the most part, like, you know, it's just the standard CV, personal statement, review, that type of stuff, you know, obviously we do. Um, but like, for example, the, the UFC med school usually requires you to kind of write down like a top 10 experiences kind of a thing. And, you know, for something like that, you know, we can for sure read over it and see if it's clear enough and see if it's meaningful and, and if it makes sense. Um, so, yeah, those are some little things that we can help out with, too. But one of the bigger things that we help out with are the multiple mini interviews or the MMIs. And uh, in the past years, we've helped out plenty of students actually practice for those interviews. And I mean, I don't know about you, David, but for me, those are one of the more favorite parts of, of my job. I think it's quite a lot of fun to to practice those with students. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because the MMIs are, are interesting um, interviews. Yeah, so I think, yeah, more so the med school types of stuff. Um, I think the applications and deadlines and things are coming up and then usually in around February or so, January, uh, is when we start kind of seeing more med school students. So, or potential med school students, that is. So if you're one of them, uh, come check us out and we'll gladly help you out with anything that you need. And uh, other than that, I think that does it for us today then on In The Works. Hopefully we will catch you next time. 